Does the scripture address self-defense? And if so, what does it look like in scripture for a Christian to defend himself? Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. I, the Bible does say a lot about self-defense, and I think the some of the verses that we think of as talking about self-defense aren't maybe necessarily talking about self-defense, because you, you hear a lot of um, folks, when they talk about this, this conversation of self-defense, they'll jump right to the turn of the other cheek passage mm-hmm. and they'll say well you know this person has the opportunity to defend themselves and but jesus is saying no turn the other cheek or uh you know other passages like matthew 5 where it says uh, don't you know basically love your enemies uh you love uh, those that love you love your enemies uh and um you know e- even when you think about because when we're talking about self-defense, you know, we're not just talking about beating somebody up. Usually we're talking about fatal self-defense, you know, mm-hmm. like, like killing someone. And so there's tons of verses in the Bible that talk about killing. Don't kill someone. You know, Genesis 9 uh, starts at hours, whoever sheds the blood of man by his blood will be shed. We know Exodus 20 says, you shall not murder. Which is pretty You've got a prohibition against murder before the Ten Commandments are ever given. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pre- predates the law. Yeah. And, and it gives a kind of reason why it says uh, whoever sheds the blood of man by his blood uh, i'm sorry by man shall his blood be shed because god made man in his own image so yeah mm-hmm. you're right even before the actual ten commandments are given you got these general commands you know in the scripture but don't kill don't be violent god's image is on man so you can't you can't kill but then you got some other like principles in the scripture that, that aren't like one-to-one comparisons on this. Should you ever defend yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like so much in scripture is, uh, but I think it's principles to be learned. So I, I wrote down a couple of them, like, <clears throat> cause a lot of people have questions about, and I think at the be strong conference, we'll go more into like, what does the Bible say about being a soldier, being in law enforcement, things like that. But the Bible does not condemn that. It doesn't condemn being a soldier. Uh, you know, there's that one spot where, um, basically these new believers who are soldiers come up to John the Baptist. Roman soldiers. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So like uh, under a tyrannical, maniacal king, yeah. they're serving in his army and they come to Jesus. Right, yeah. These aren't like soldiers of God, you know, Jewish guys. Yeah, absolutely. And they come up to him and basically say, okay, you're talking about fruits of repentance, so what should we do as soldiers? And he doesn't say, oh, you should stop being a soldier. He says, basically, don't abuse your power. Hmm. Uh, uh, it says, don't extort money from anybody. Be content with your wages. It basically saying, you got a sword, but don't use it to abuse people. Um, you know, even in, in Acts, you know, Cornelius is a Roman centurion. Mm-hmm. And when he comes uh, to the Lord, he isn't told, quit your job. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he continues on in that role. Um, That's and, interesting. Yeah, it, it really is, you know, and so I think we can go more in depth on that later. Um, but just kind of these are principles, just thinking about self-defense uh, or thinking about defense or killing in general. There are some principles where soldiers aren't told to stop being soldiers. Even law enforcement, it says in Romans 13, are put there by God. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it says, uh, if you do wrong, be afraid. He, the law enforcement, does not bear the sword in vain. He's the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So you can see, like, throughout Scripture, there are wars that are commanded by God. Um, there, um, even skill with weapons is 
seen positively in the mm-hmm. scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this place in Psalm 144 is like, uh, blessed be the Lord who trains my hands for war, mm-hmm. my fingers for battle. Psalm 18 said that to him. He trains my hands for war. So there are a lot of positive things that it has to say about being a soldier, being in wars. Um, uh, that verse, <clears throat> I carry a Glock 19. Mm-hmm. So there, that's out in the open. Um, <laughs> on the, you can get, there's a company that makes customized pieces and the, there's a plate that goes on the back of the slide and I have that verse engraved in that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there's other places where you can see, cause you know, there are these laws or these rules or these principles don't kill, but then war is not condemned and, you know, um, and, and capital punishment is commanded mm-hmm. as well. A lot of times. And what's interesting is it's for killing. So there's some places where, you know, it's condemned. There's some places where it's commanded even with capital punishment when it says, if anyone blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. Whoever kills a man shall be put to death. Hmm. So it gets confusing sometimes. We're like, all right, so whoever kills a man should be put to death. Like whoever kills a man, you should kill that man. And that's like, wait a minute. All right. Yeah. So, um, they're like, they're different rules. I, I don't know if you heard. When I was a kid, one of my favorite, like, weird stories in the Bible is, like, it's more like a principle where it says uh, if there's a guy who goes into the woods and he's cutting cutting wood with an axe and he's got a friend that's with him. And, and he says, basically, if he swings the axe and all of a sudden the axe head accidentally flies off and hits his friend in the head and his friend dies. And he's like, oh, no. Like, what should he do? And I always, as a kid, thought that was just like a, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Why is this in the Bible? But... It basically says, run. You go, because they can, you killed a man even accidentally. The, the law says you can be killed. But the Bible provides like a refuge for this mm-hmm. person, a city of refuge, and says, you run to that city of refuge. And then at such and such a time, you'll be good to come out. But that's different from premeditated murder, mm-hmm. where there's no mm-hmm. city of refuge for that guy. He can mm-hmm. run there, but the avenger of blood's going to find him there and mm-hmm. kill him. Uh, and so there's some... Uh, there's some difference there in between an accidental killing and a premeditated murder in the, in the scripture, I think, even in the, what happens. So, uh, really what we're getting down to though. So that's a little bit like broadly about killing, but really what we're asking is, can you protect your family? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of like the this. guy, Robert kicks the door in at night. Yeah, exactly. Your kids are in bed. Um, wh- what do you have the freedom with a clear conscience before the Lord to do in that situation. Right. Cause, cause nobody's looking for permission to accidentally kill someone <clears throat> That's or, right. or to murder somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are some, uh, some verses I think generally about protecting one's family, um, principles that I think the Bible is expecting a man to protect his family. Um, in Psalm 82, now this isn't specifically talking about protecting your family, but, but the principles there give justice to the weak and the fatherless, maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute, rescue the weak mm. and the needy, mm. deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Mm. How are you supposed to deliver the needy and the weak out of the hand yeah. of the wicked? You know, yeah. I think there's a, a variety of ways, but it's the protecting one's family is in view. Uh, even in first Timothy five, where it says, if anybody doesn't provide for his relatives, that person's worse than an unbeliever. Mm. What are we providing? I think it's yeah, it's food and shelter and protection. The the first instruction God gave the first husband and father was to provide in the garden. This was Adam, and to protect. Mm-hmm. 
So protection and provision go together in the responsibility God's given a man. Right. So, and, and we put locks on doors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's home. so much we do to protect our mm-hmm. families that goes beyond violent protection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a, a whole picture of protecting and providing for your family. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so that, that instance you, you brought up, the uh, uh, if somebody breaks into your house at night. The Bible actually talks about that very scenario. In Exodus 22, it says, if a thief is found breaking in and he is struck, so the homeowner strikes him so that he dies, there should be no blood guilt for him. Hmm. So uh, they're commanded, don't kill. Even if you kill someone accidentally, you can run to these cities of refuge, but don't kill. People can kill you if you kill. And here it says, there's no blood guilt here. If someone breaks into your house at night and you strike them, but then verse 3 says, but if the sun's risen on him, then there should be blood guilt. He shall surely pay. If he has nothing, he shall be sold for the theft. So there's two like two scenarios here. So God breaks into your house at night. Uh, you don't know what's going on. You don't know if he's there to harm your family. He says if if the homeowner kills that person, not guilty because you didn't know what his intentions were. But if that guy breaks in during the day, it assumes you can discern what his intention mm. is. He there to rob? Is he there to rape? Is he there to murder? You can discern his intentions and. You know, if you kill him in that instance, in the Old Testament, hmm. it says uh, that, that you're guilty. The principle, obvious, obviously the principle is there is there is a just killing right. and there is an unjust killing. Exactly. Uh, so the, 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 the fine points of um, identifying the need to take that kind of action is what's probably... Being, you know, like being highlighted. Like, and, and back to the locking the doors... One of my daughters has uh, a set of double doors that lead outside, mm-hmm. and I go in every single night and make sure it's deadbolted. Sure. But I don't stand there with a, a, a weapon at the foot of her bed in case somebody comes in, right? right. So, um, yeah. So common sense, but also God saying you have a responsibility. Yeah. But be smart about it. You're not you're not on a crusade to kill right. someone. You're not looking for an opportunity here. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. That's so, helpful. Uh, let me give one more from the old Testament. We'll jump to the new. Cause that's okay. what everybody would say. Well, yeah, sure. Exodus. Mm-hmm. But it also mm-hmm. says, don't, you know, drink a, 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 a milk from a goat or a, what's the a, goat? A one? baby the goat, baby goat. That's gold in his mom's mom's milk. milk. Yeah. yeah. That's strange. It was real strange. Anyway. So, uh, Nehemiah, you remember there's that spot where they're sent back into the, to the city to rebuild it. And he tells every family, every citizen, strap on a sword mm-hmm. uh, to defend yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there he says, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Mm. And so, again, these are just principles from the Old Testament that sometimes it is good and right to defend yourself. Uh, in the New Testament, we see it. Uh, you know, Remember when Jesus in Luke 22 says, y'all got a backpack? Have y'all got swords? And they say, we got two. And he said, that's good enough. That's enough. Assuming these guys are going to carry concealed weapons in order to defend themselves. And Jesus says, good. Mm-hmm. And so we can see that uh, that carrying weapons for self-defense, that Jesus even is condoning it here. Um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember that whole scene. Which is right after. <laughs> exactly. Right after that where he says, carry swords. And he knows what's fixing to happen next, which is they're going to come to arrest Jesus. And Peter's going to whip a sword out and cut off that dude's ear. And then he says, no. Stop, stop, stop. And you think, okay, here's Jesus who's combating self-defense. But in reality, this is Jesus laying down his life willingly. 
you know, this isn't his kingdom. This isn't his time to come with the sword. He told them carry the sword for self-defense, but here he's willingly laying down his life. Mm. But he gives a little statement to Peter where he's like, anybody who lives by the sword is going to die by the sword. As in, it's easy to trust in the sword. It's easy to make that your go-to instead of trusting in the mm-hmm. Lord. And I th- so I think there's some warnings in the scripture too. When we think about should you carry for self-defense, you know, obviously there are places in the Bible where it says people are going to persecute you and we're to endure persecution. Even that verse where it says turn the other cheek, I think is less about self-defense and more about insults. Yeah, personal insult. Yeah, uh, and we talked about it in the other podcast, but... Wayne Grudem says, you know, if he's talking about two men facing each other and you get a slap on your right cheek, it, it probably is a backhand, more of an insult than an mm. assault. And so basically he's, the scripture saying endure insults, endure persecution, but not all violence is persecution. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. So some warnings, I think, as far as trusting in the sword, um, you know, our weapons, whether you're carrying a Glock 19, these guys carrying a sword, whatever you carry, that's not what we put our trust and our hope Mm -hmm. in for security, for salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, Psalm 44 says, not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me, but you have saved us from our foes. Mm -hmm. It's really good. In God, we have boasted continually. Mm -hmm. In Nehemiah 4, that one where he says, carry a sword, defend your family. Around that verse, it says, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your wives, your homes. And in verse 20, he says, in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Mm. Carry a sword. Be prepared to defend your homes. God's going to fight for us. Mm-hmm. So we're not trusting in the sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think, too, um, the Bible leaves some pretty narrow. We think about defending ourselves. Is there room to defend ourselves in the Bible? Absolutely. But I think it's. The Bible leaves pretty narrow room to defend ourselves mm-hmm. because it is saying, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Even don't take vengeance, don't retaliate for insults. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys have the kind of old Western idea that mm-hmm. you know, he insulted my honor. I'm yeah, not. yeah. Vigilante justice or honor killing or. Yeah, yeah and there's no room for that mm-hmm. in the scripture. But literally, it is protecting the weak and the needy. I even think. I, I, when we're teaching, uh, when I'm teaching my kids about this, um, I'll, I'll use the illustration that if someone came up to me and demanded that I give them my wallet, I would give them my wallet. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that, I think that's where Jesus, Jesus even sort of addresses that. Somebody demands your, your yeah. cloak, yeah. give them your tunic give also. Yeah. Don't pull your sword out and defend yourself in that situation. So especially if it's just me, you know, I'm, I got a bad habit of picking up hitchhikers mm-hmm. and, um, and I always tell, especially young people or, or, or women don't, don't pick up hitchhikers, but I, I like to pick up hitchhikers. Um, cause you've got a captive audience for the gospel. But if I'm ever in a situation, if I was ever in a situation where somebody got in the, in the, in the truck and said, okay, give me your wallet. I'm not going to go for my gun. I'm going to give them my wallet. Now there may be a point where you're back we, we, we go to the next level of now they're trying to take my life. I want to make it home to my kids. That's, a, that's, that's the other part of the conversation. But I'm not going to kill when someone is demanding something like my money, my credit card, my car. Sure. Somebody comes up and says, get out of the truck. Fine, you can have the truck. I'm not going to shoot you. Take the truck. 
this is, a, this is an eternal soul. I don't want to take this life in that situation. Those are different situations that I think go into what you're just saying. Jesus teaches us to, to yield to those top situations. And he also gives us clear instruction on, in, in the scripture as you've walked through um, to this point to defend those that, that can't defend themselves. Which even gets into like just war theory right. and, and calls. And that, so. that's a lot of, of stuff that I think would be really interesting to get into in the next Be Strong, you know, getting into just war and even some of the nuances of should you personally carry a gun? You mm-hmm. know, like where's your mind at? Mm-hmm. But regardless, I think the, the scripture does give, um, give, give clear instruction on can you defend yourself and when is it proper? Uh, but really with the umbrella over it being... We don't trust in weapons. We trust in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good and helpful. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening to No Sanity Required. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.